I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people, categorizing of humans and ideas, you have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas, these things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Ideas Digest, the podcast where we fear no idea and Cam, no opinion is too strong for us. Or distasteful. Or, <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> That's a good one to introduce. Yeah. My name's Conrad. I'm Cam. And Cam, I'm, I'm sure you've noticed this as well, but we seem to live in a society, I don't know, maybe we've always lived in a society like this, but it fears difference. Mm, it fears definitely. different people. Mm. It fears people who disagree with us or have a different worldview. And, you know, I can tell that there is this fear, and I'm talking secular world, religious world, political world. Yeah, Everyone has this. society in general. Yeah, just in yeah. general. Just yeah. stereotyping everybody. <laughs> um, you know, like, we have this tendency to form, like, little bubbles and little echo chambers, and they, and they push us apart. Mm. Uh, whether this is online, when you like and interact with a comment or something, mm. Facebook's algorithm pushes you into, like, a nice yeah. little bubble where you can yeah. talk with your little it's friends. Like, oh, you like that? Here's some more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you liked it. I'm just going to feed yeah. your opinion because yeah. that's what keeps us on the platform. Yeah. We all know that now by fa about Facebook. Yeah. And and in the in the actual like physical community world, if if this example doesn't doesn't sh show you what I'm talking about, I don't know what will, but mm. the conservative estimation mm. of over 30,000 different Christian denominations. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. that doesn't illustrate the point of our yeah. need to say you're different from yeah, your own club. Separation. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not really sure what does. But yeah. but here on this podcast, we're doing something pretty radical for 2020. Mm, mm. It's called understanding. Uh-oh. I, I don't know why we're yeah. bothering. Heck, can you define that for me? It's not a, it's not a popular thing. It's, no, it's no. definitely something that, yeah, I don't know, people are not heaps into. We like the idea, but then when it comes to the practice, yeah. it's a difficult thing. So it might not be for everybody, mm. but if it's for you, welcome. Welcome. And... Uh, so here at Ideas Digest, we seek to understand new and different ideas and the context behind the idea, which Cam... Is the person. It's the person. It's always the person. Yeah. So before I introduce our next guest, who's waiting on Instagram Live and people yeah. watching, they can... They can uh, See him patiently waiting. <laughs> <laughs> He's very patient. Very good. Um, before I... I'm going to introduce him because I've got a bit of a personal backstory oh, right. with, with, with our next guest. Okay, um, cool. So when I was a younger man, yeah. they, believe it or not, I got more handsome as I got older. So <laughs> You're still actually not that old. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was at this thing, the Adventists call it Big Camp. Mm. Uh, Very creative in, in naming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, imagine, imagine a large camp. Now, <laughs> the description of the event is a little more culty than it sounds. Yeah. Uh, but basically, as I describe it, you're going to imagine a cult and... You know, you won't be too far off, yeah. <laughs> but basically a lot think, of it. Think like a cross between Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with less drug use. I yeah. wouldn't say minus the Not drug the, use. Yeah. <laughs> I was a teen there. I know what goes on. Yeah. Um, but basically, oh, people won't like that, will they? <laughs> but basically, um, all the Adventist churches get together. They set up a camp and then every night they have like church meetings. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, one year or a couple of years, they actually had like a giant inflatable Nebuchadnezzar, like Babylonian oh, right. king statue. Wow. It's like 20 meters high. That's hectic. Didn't really help the image <laughs> of the place as people drive past. They're like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. So didn't help the image, but it was actually super fun. Yeah, yeah. And I was there as a young little boy, you know, 
looking looking at girls, going, "Man, how do I talk to them?" And uh, and go to, going to these night meetings mainly because that's where the girls went. Oh, that's what teenagers do, right? Yeah. Um, but at this meeting, long preamble cl- coming to a close. At this meeting, or for a couple years in a row, our guest. Oh, he was a special guest. Pastor Matt Gamble was there. Giving, delivering some fire, just right. some, you know. I remember, and and Matt, you can you can correct me on this. He, memory's a bit hazy. Who knows how much attention teenagers are, yeah. are paying? Was that a result of the drugs you were talking about? Before? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not me, <laughs> never me. I just remember he was pretty funny. He was a funny guy. Okay. And I remember s- something about porn. That's that's pretty much right. my whole yeah my whole thing. He, he's probably like, oh, that was that message. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway. That brings the things us to the that teenage boys remember, hey? <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly exclusively all teenage yeah. boys remember. Yeah. Um, this brings us to our clickbait, our starting point, where mm. everyone begins. It's our starting point. It's yep. not our ending point. The clickbait being, he was a pastor, no longer a pastor. Right. I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah. That's, that opens a lot of questions. That's sucking me in. Yeah. So, as Matt, we have on this show... Well, welcome to the show, first of all. Yeah, yeah, Thanks you, for joining you, us. Yeah. Thank you. Honored to be here. Um, I hope that that uh, introduction did you justice, but you can, <laughs> you can, you can correct it as, as we move through. Just We like to start with the place we all start when we meet new people and hear new ideas, yeah. with judgments and yeah. assumptions, because that's what we do. Um, to help Cam and I formulate some hard and fast assumptions about you, we've got the clickbait, we knew mm. you were a pastor, now mm. you're not. Mm. Um, Give us a bit more about your profile so we can kind of really, you know, judge you surface level. You know, yeah. your age, sporting interests, Political where you're from, I'm hearing an accent. Yeah. Uh, are you a member of the NRA? Just, you know, yeah. <laughs> tell us this stuff. Wow. Interesting. You mentioned the NRA just because um, where where it is that I'm living. So I'm, I'm renting a room in a large domicile in Northern California, just north mm-hmm. of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the homeowner, they own three homes here, one in Reno, one in Tahoe, and then one here in Windsor, California. And she is heavily involved with the NRA. Um, right. while, while, we'll get her on the show next. Yeah. <laughs> so while I, while I am a respecter of the human race, I am not part of the NRA. I do not own a gun. Uh, I do have a BB gun though. Oh, that's fun. So I, that's I fun. keep it real that way. <laughs> Living the Aussie dreams that, that we can't fulfill. Yeah. So tell us, like, right. how, how old are you? What background, kind of, all that sort of stuff. Where's, what's your background? Well, background is an op- that's a that's a pretty huge question. But I I'm uh, 45 years old. Um, yeah, I was a pastor for 18 years, uh, officially full time pastoring in the Adventist Church. I guess three of those years while my ex was going to uh, residency at Yale University, I uh, started my own nonprofit. But even during that time, I was on contract at what is called the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventist as the Associate Director for the Center for Secular and Postmodern Studies. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Whoa. That's wow. A, I feel yeah. like that's a big dog position yeah. there. The, the... I feel like that doesn't even fit on a business card. Like no. That's pretty... That's no. up there. <laughs> I thought it was going to be um, at one point. One of my, one of my, uh, I guess my direct report had told me that they were going to give me the position for director. But anyway, that was many moons ago. So you um, were real, 
real in there, real right, right in the system. Up to your eyes in it. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, I did, I did resign uh, from the 18-year career. But yeah, and I used to travel down there to Australia literally two or three times a year to speak at a big camp or at, at Avondale represent um, uh, and at various churches. I used to, um, quite frankly, it was like a second home. Interesting. I didn't know this guy was a bit of a big wig. Yeah. I just thought he was a pastor, but yeah. the GC, yeah. it's the biggest of... Yeah, the biggest like, dogs live in that house. Yeah. All right, Cam, are you feeling some assumptions? I'm you, feeling like I've got some. I've got some, some real ammunition. Ammunition there. So, so here's what we do. We're gonna level at you some fast and loose assumptions about you. There's no time for nuance. We're just judging. Simple yes or Simple no. Simple yes and no. Okay. No maybes. <laughs> I need to categorize you. Yeah. This box is a yes or a no box. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> B. B. <laughs> Based on having gone back and listened to some of your podcasts, I'm going to be interested to see where this goes. So let's do this. <laughs> and uh, so That's I, interesting that you've done your homework because not many people do. That's true, that's true. They just come in blind. Yeah. Um, and, and if our listeners want to get involved, you can shoot through some assumptions about Matt if you'd like. We'll yeah. level it at them, at yep. him. And he can say he can have a right of reply, albeit a brief one, which is just one word. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So... Yeah. I think he's already answered this one, but I want it really clear because as an Australian, you hear the accent, yeah. you think one thing. Yeah. You are pro gun. <laughs> I'm not I I mean, are you now you held one guy to yes or no, and I would go more <laughs> it is a yes or no? Yes or no. It's definitely yes or no. I'm gonna go no. Okay. He's not pro gun. You yeah, trade okay. it to your kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, all right. Yeah, you live. It was San Francisco, I believe, around that area. Just north up, yeah. Yeah, so you have to be pro weed. Got to be. Gotta that be thing's legal weed. there. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 legal pro in California, weed, right? I will say yes. Oh, Ooh, got him, Californian. Yeah. Yeah. They're always like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, okay. You, you um, <laughs> without without getting too heavy. <laughs> uh, but you know these assumptions. People might think it, and maybe maybe young Conrad might have thought it. You spoke at at big camps and things like that. You're no longer a pastor. It was everything you spoke about that young Conrad was sitting there and absorbing. Was it all a lie? No. Uh, some some people might say, um, and like I don't personally know you, so I I'm not saying this. But some <laughs> people may say, <laughs> some people that's a Donald Trumpian. Yeah, that's some right. People. Yeah, people that's right. Saying. Yeah, people are saying that detergent, you know, detergent might be good to inject. You know, some people say that. So here's here's a here's my double Donald Trump impersonation. You left pastoring because there's more money in coaching than there is in pastoring so it was all that one was from a friend of the show all right friend of the show wrote that one wow yeah okay so there's not more money you didn't it wasn't a money incentive well there i mean hey there there may be more money but that's not that has no bearing on my departure okay Okay, so that's a no that's That's a a no. no yeah all right so i'm yeah we're all making assumptions when we hear people stop becoming pastors what do people think yeah well if i may just elaborate 
I thought I did. I will admit that I thought when I resigned that things were going to go up for me um, <laughs> financially. It has been a a uh, a wavy journey on the finances. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, okay, right. Okay. okay. So that's a bit of a yes and a no, but we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll stick with a no. Hard, fast and loose assumptions. You were kicked out for sinning. Some kind of sin. They're like you sinned. Get out. No. No, 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 I definitely sinned, uh, <laughs> but I was not kicked out. Oh, they didn't find out. Ah, well done. You really yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, well. you just kept it on the down low. <laughs> so it wasn't a case of I need to spend more time with my family. So that was, that's good to know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so another one, you were a pastor, now you're not, so you must be an atheist now. Like an angry atheist. No, I... I um what what feels most accurate for me right now is agnostic, identifying as agnostic. All right, that's that's a little bit too much nuance, but we'll definitely nuance, come back but to it that. Does that's fit the no category because yeah. that's the assumption is like yeah. it's the angry atheist, yeah, that, railing against railing, the organization. Like, I'm going to convert yeah. you the other yeah. way now. Like yeah. I'm a pastor now, I'm an anti-pastor yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, all right, friend of the show, Elizabeth Roberts sent this one in. Uh, the church hurt you in some way. Is that plan a factor? Yes or no? No question. No question. That's yes. A yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. In my boxes. Yes. If that hasn't piqued everyone's curiosity to unpack <laughs> yeah. some of this stuff, so isn't it more interesting rather than to think assumptions, walk away to our echo chamber? It's much. Well, it's a bit more difficult to level assumptions yeah. at the person. Yeah. It's actually really hard. <laughs> have them graciously say yes and no. Yeah. And now we can go into it. We can hear some nuance. We can follow the journey. Matt, over to you at this stage. Yep. You, it's kind of open, open the floodgates. Open to where you yeah. want to take it. Yeah. Where the starting point is you were a pastor. You're now not. Where do you want to be? Begin with this. You can yeah. either take this time to clarify some yeah, of your you assumptions above, yeah, to or you your can answers. just yeah. jump into it. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, I you know, I can. Why don't I jump in and tell you a a very pivotal uh, experience because I it really did. It was it was a it was really a um, a very strong turning point in my life right. in the summer of 2017. So I was, you know, I quite frankly, I'm going to back up, get a little running mm -hmm. start and then we'll okay. yeah. get into that yeah. pivotal weekend. Okay. So, okay. excellent. you know, I, I converted to Christianity. I was an atheist through high school. And then at the age of 21, uh, after smuggling pounds of weed from Jamaica into the States, I wow. I started to believe that there had to be a higher power somewhere watching out for my white backside because I didn't get caught <laughs> coming through customs. And can I just ask what your family like background was? Like, were your parents religious, or 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 they were yeah, they were we, religious? I would I would chuck us into a nominal Catholic. Um, uh, my parents were I would I would I guess they would consider themselves devout Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, we would, that I recall as a kid growing up, we would only go to church every once in a while, very rarely, never prayed mm -hmm. at, at the house that I recall, never read the Bible or any of that. God and, and Jesus was not a big focus. When I was 13, I started attending a Catholic private school in St. Louis, Missouri. And, um, um, 
And while I was there, that's where I became an atheist, where I was just, I, I had a lot of depression and I, I just was like, I could not reconcile uh, this, this notion of a loving God. And, mm. and again, when I was, when I was 19 is when I did the trips to Jamaica, I did two trips in, in the summer um, of, that would have been 1994. And in 1995, I was at a wedding. It happens to be my half, half brother was marrying an Adventist woman who um, I ended up talking with the pastor because I was just seeking. I was, I was reading about spirituality and uh, spending a lot of time in meditation out in nature. And, um, but I talked to the pastor who officiated the wedding. Homie handed me a Bible. I started reading the Bible and I would just describe it as kind of the light came on for me. Right. And um, and the guy was Adventist. I returned home to St. Augustine, Florida. I saw somebody representing St. Augustine that I would definitely be pro-cannabis um, because that's where I call <laughs> home. Um, I'd call that endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> endorsement. So, um, but I ended up I I ended up at Andrews University uh, shortly thereafter. It's a long story, and I won't go through all the details, but. During my whole Christian journey, I would ask pretty prominent uh, people within the church a pretty basic question, and that is, what does it mean to have a, a relationship with Jesus? Like, what does that actually mm. mean? So, because I'm like, I've never what seen What would they the say to that? Um, that's a good question. And I, I, I mean, I, t I would ask a lot of people this same question, um, mm. often in private. And, and there would be various things like, you know, people would say things like, well, having a relationship with Jesus is spending time with him in scripture or spending time with him in prayer or, or learning to discern his voice or, or journaling or, mm -hmm. um, or these, so they would go into ways in which one could potentially cultivate this relationship. But at the end of the day, there is, I, just being honest, I, I can't think of one answer that would stand out that was a tangible, like, this is what this means to have a relationship right. with Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. And quite frankly, I would argue that, that that was a big crisis of faith for me, where as I look back over my preaching, like, if you're going to ask me, was I lying? I would say absolutely not. I was preaching with every, quite frankly, the preaching event for me was number one it's it was extemporaneous so i didn't use notes i would study mm -hmm. and i would get up and trust that whatever was going to come out would be a message that god wanted me to share and actually if we can right. come back to that point alone uh that's been playing with me me lately um just the notion of of my life for, you know, I was a full-time pastor for 18 years, but at least three years before that, I had already been speaking. Uh, so for 21 years, I was speaking as a mouthpiece for God. Um, mm -hmm. And that that that's really been hitting me lately as to what that might do to one's ego. Um, mm. uh, but anyway, it was always very real for me. It was always something I was really passionate about. And it was something as well where, quite frankly, and this is part of my depression these days, is I felt 
I felt like I was close to God and that I felt absence of, absent of myself or my ego in that preaching event. And then people would come up, not everybody, but some people would come up and say, man, God really spoke to me or God used you to touch me or this, that, and the other. And um, uh, so the preaching event was always very real, very authentic, as real as it could get. But in 2017, um, you know, look, in the Adventist church, uh, um, and Cam, you said you are not, you're not Adventist. You don't know much about Adventism. No, no, no. I grew up as, as one. We're all from the same wheelhouse. Yeah, I, was, I went to similar big camps and stuff, but I just... It's His big more... camp sucked because he didn't have the beach. Oh, wait. No, I went to Northern New South Wales. Oh. But I just oh. don't remember... I don't remember a lot of these names. Like, I don't remember... I, I don't know. I just... he, he was a bad vendor. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but yeah, so in 2017, and I'll, 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 um, I'll try to tie this up, because for me, what what happened was I, I, went, I was part of a, a small men's group where three times a year we would meet in somebody's house and we would fly in a therapist and we would sit for 48 hours and hammer the daylights out of each other. Um, this was not necessary. It was more of like a recovery, like, like a 12 step based accountability recovery group. And, um, and I was telling the therapist, among in in the crew amongst the crew some things that were going on with me in my life and and my marriage and um and he he said to me anything based on a lie will never be fully spiritual and i was like i got really defiant uh very argumentative like you don't understand me and like you don't know what i'm looking for you don't I got, I just remember being very uh, resistant towards him. And that was Friday night. By Sunday morning, I was like, man, you're absolutely right. And I'm lying to myself. Like I'm mm. lying to myself to try to fit into this box that not, not to be the victim on this piece, but uh, the box, there were people within the box that fought me tooth and nail from day one until the day I left or or defame my character or attacked me as a person or the style I use, whatever it was. Um, but I was lying to myself to try to fit into Adventism, which is all I knew in Christianity. And, um, and then, quite frankly, since I've left, so after that weekend, it wasn't, but probably a week or two later, my wife at the time, we, we took a walk. She was born and raised Adventist. We sat down on a park bench down the street and and we we it was very amicable that I we agreed that I should resign. Um, and I just think morally it was the right thing to do for a myriad of different reasons. So it sounds as if um, you, you were led into Adventism, I guess, reasonably young. Yeah. And then uh, we can talk about like maybe your journey through and up into being a pastor of of that Mm. um but what's interesting to me is that like pivotal point that that we're talking about of that men's retreat where this therapist said something to you anything that's that's based on a lie won't be truly spiritual Mm. i'm hearing that you felt the whole time leading up to this point and i wonder for how long you felt like an outsider to the system like you're saying 
you were anyone inside the box was you you felt some some walls going up some defamation some people struggling with who you were your delivery style and it's do you think that's that's you felt like you're on the outside and you felt like you're always seeking because it were you asking that question to everybody? What does it mean to have a relationship? It sounds as if you were always, part of you was always kind of questioning the people who were quote unquote in the box saying, what is this? What is this relationship with Jesus? Is that fair, a fair characterization of your experience within the church? Like always kind of feeling like, like you didn't fully belong, even though you were like almost at the center of it as a pastor. Yeah. I think it's not that I didn't feel like I fully belonged. And quite frankly, there were a number of people that that there there were probably, from my experience, there were far more people that I received a lot of love from, especially on a local level um, or on a like going to an event or pastoring a church. My people within the church loved on me big time. I mean, there was Mm -hmm. there was I mean, there was occasionally people. But but as I think of the system itself. I, I would say that there was my experience was that there was a pretty steady current of what I felt. And I'm talking about what I felt, not what other people were thinking. I mean, because I do this a lot. I, I, I make up things in my brain that may or may not be true. I just I had a sense that there was a lack of trust or or mm. there was sus- mm. I, that there was suspect there were there was. Um, um, you know, people, they, they would give me some latitude, but not go the whole way. And yeah. um, do, you, do you have a, um, maybe an inkling or an understanding as to why that might've been the case? Like, was it the kinds yeah. of things that you were talking about or like, what was, explore that for us? Yeah, I think, I think, again, I wasn't born and raised in the system. So I spoke differently. I pre, I did a podcast a couple weeks ago with some young pastors, um, and and they were saying to me how when they were kids, I mean, they were young boys uh, when I was pastoring a couple of their a couple of the boys were in the church that I was pastoring. And they were just like, dude, I remember when you came to town and you were bigger than life. That was, I'm quoting them now because you you spoke differently. You you carried yourself differently. And, and yeah, I think I also when I came into Christianity um, which to me is synonymous with me coming into Adventism. So when I came into the faith, um, I I knew that people were anti-Christian because of the hypocrisy or because of uh, um, uh, the stance that the church would have on certain things. So then, yeah, I, I feel like I, all the way through, I had this desire to to say the things that were not being said, to talk about the things that were not being talked about and to, to be the, to be the anti hypocrite, if you will, to just bear my soul because so many pastors were known as being these, you know, fake freaks that get up and just wax eloquent and they look good. They act good. Their life looks like it's together. And I'm like, well, here I am. My life is not together. Uh, but this is what the gospel, this is the best way I can understand the gospel and coming from a place where I'm broken. So I think, I think, you know, a big piece of what I heard regularly was, man, you're a breath of fresh air. And again, this isn't about me tooting my own horn. It's just themes that I heard were, you know, you're authentic, you're real. Um, so you, and- you had, your experience was that your authenticity and your, 
desire to speak the unspoken things in this mm. organization of people responded yeah to. people really appreciated that like mm. that yeah, you I, were able I, to yeah i think so how did you get to that point i mean trust me when i say gentlemen i'm i'm in a state right now in my life where if i was going to get a neck tattoo it would probably just be bewilderment um <laughs> because i i've been i've been in a state where i'm like you know what the hell is going on in my life like how did i end up here and i'm not again i'm not i'm front row and center so i've been present yeah. the whole time i'm not trying yeah. to sound like i'm you know being controlled by something else but there are elements of life that i can't that i have not controlled or i have not you know i've been here but um i just think i think looking back on it um Number one, I did not set out to become a pastor. There was no really, when they would interview me for a conference job, they would often ask, you know, tell us, you know, when you decided to become a pastor. And I'm like, I really feel like it chose me more than I chose it. I I was at a program one night at Andrews University called Black Student Christian Forum. I was the only white guy there and, and, uh, and they opened the floor for testimony and no one was going forward. And I went forward. And that was the first time that I opened my mouth publicly, period, about, well, period. I mean, I I, I wasn't really, I, I'd never done any public speaking. Um, but when I shared my testimony, it, it got traction with people. And I was affirmed. I went back the next week. They opened the floor for testimony. No one was coming down. I went and spoke again. And, um, and I just realized there that I wanted, there was nothing I wanted to study or talk about or think about more than God. And so mm-hmm. I switched my major to theology. And um, I just, I guess I would just say I followed my gut or my, and, and, and I think, I think this all really boils into it, uh, like boils into a really important piece with Christianity that I would be thrilled to hear. Like I'm an open book. I'm thrilled to hear from you guys or anybody on here or anybody that watches this. Um, but the gospel that I was reading was one of, of life and miracles and power and mysticism um, uh, some crazy, crazy stuff. And I just believe that that's what we ought to be experiencing. I also believed that, that somehow God throughout scripture, he always chose men and women to be a voice for him. Like he used that medium. Um, sometimes it was a donkey. Sometimes it was a burning bush. Um, but he used the medium of men and women to communicate this message and um and so i think it all circles back like it all ties together too with my with my adventist experience was that there were people within the church including denominational leaders that that really supported me because i was i i think my perspective or my experience was was maybe a little different than yeah, than a bit, bit more unique yeah is it this disconnect that you're outlining now that you're reading a gospel that is full of miracle mysticism and and things like that, and then you're 
and it, is this is this a perceived disconnect of what you're reading and then what you're experiencing as a pastor in the movement that claims to follow and 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 model on this kind of gospel message? Is that what I'm hearing? Like what? led you to continue to ask that question of the people in the inside circles what is a relationship to god is there a connection there or am i adding totally man i i mean i'm reading look like like i i think your question actually about the was that real for you yes or no was this were Mm. you you know were you telling the truth i was telling the truth to the best of my ability and what what adventism or any denomination gives is this framework or structure or perspective that as a person now becoming a pastor, it gives me all this fodder, all this content to speak as an authority. And, and as I've reflected back, like what was going on or what, you know, where did I get off or like, where did I get off mark off the beaten path? I think authentically to my core I always was looking for the Holy Spirit to pour out. I, I was trusting that that when Jesus said, the things you've seen me do, you're going to do even greater. I was trusting. And, and this is why when uh, uh, when Conrad, you, you wrote me and said, you know, what's clickbait title? And the first thing that popped out of my mouth or my, in my mind was the way, the truth and the lie. And I'm not trying to say that Jesus is a liar. But I, I, he did say he's the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm just here telling you at 45, you can call me a bastard. You can call me a demon-possessed human being. But the fact is, is that at the end of the day, my life has not internally changed. My character has not, has not birthed this change of a man from the inside out that the gospel that I read and preach about told me would happen. So that, that base fact, look, I have no interest. I have so many friends within the Adventist church and I really do. I could say, I thank God that I'm not on some campaign to rip down the church. It's not really an interest of mine. Could I complain about certain things and nuances and point out discrepancies sure but the bottom line is is i'm just saying for me like if if i'm going to be rigorously honest like i preached about and i gave my life i surrendered my life on march 23rd 1996 i got baptized in, in the ocean in saint augustine florida to a a gospel where God was going to give me a new heart, where God was going to come in and and give me a new life, um, where where he was going to take the sin in my heart and cast it to the depths of the sea. And the fact is, is that you're looking at a man who somehow, some way served the church faithfully for all those years, preached to tens of thousands of human beings on six continents, I mean, to be honest with you, like I'm seeing some people pop up on 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 here that I know that I care about. One guy just joined that I baptized, right? So I, like I care very much, but I'm also bewildered. Maybe we should get matching neck tattoos, but I, I am bewildered with like, like God, why the outcome? Why the divorce? Why would I marry a woman and have two beautiful children uh, only to see that marriage crumble and fail over some really 
stupid stuff. Like when you boil it down, I didn't have an affair. There was no, she didn't have an affair. It was this immaturity and like, God, if you're really real, you know, script Jesus says, um, what, what dad on the planet, if their son says, daddy, give me some bread, would hand him a snake or a rock. How much more is your heavenly father willing to give the spirit to those who ask? And I'm talking, I, I'm sure people can relate, but I prayed, I retreated, I journaled, I went to, to programs, I went to pastors, I drank multiple sippy cups of communion and, yeah. and bread wafers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did all these things to, to really get to a place where I'm like, I could use an expletive here in this moment, but I'm like, for, for Christ's sake. But for Christ, I'll say for Christ's sake, why? Where? What? What? What am I missing? Because again, dude, the picture is is that the ball is not in your court. The ball, like the picture that is painted, is is a picture where you are powerless. Can a leopard change its spots? Can an Ethiopian change his skin? No, but God can do these things. God can work these miracles. And the fact is, is I'm like, I'm, I must be missing the boat because I'm losing my effing mind. I'm losing my wife. I'm losing my life. Answer this with as little or as much you know, info as you want to give. Can you describe some of those things where he said to you, like some of these questions that you were, you were asking and talking about, what were some of the things that you were dealing with that caused him to say, if you live... If you if you're living out of a lie, it's not a spiritual thing. Can you like? I don't want to like pry too much and you know sort of just sort no. of say as much as, or as little as you want around that. Yeah, I'll I'll you know I'll go for broke. Uh, so what happened in 2017? So here I this is actually beautiful. So in 2017, let's call it January. I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling. Um, some level of depression, some level of frustration, some level of anxiety, also feeling tremendous joy. Like I'm pastoring a church. The last church I pastored was like the the best thing I've ever done professionally in my life. It was glorious. Uh, but in 2017, I'm, I'm really questioning where is the power? And I come across a TED Talk, and the link for that TED Talk is in that post uh, on my Instagram page. And the TED Talk is this PhD from Johns Hopkins University, one of the leading universities on planet Earth, medical institutions, amazing place. And uh, this older gentleman is talking about the power of psychedelics, specifically psilocybin, in its treatment to depression, anxiety, addiction, end of life, et cetera, et cetera, on an unprecedented scale of of seeing treatment, seeing healing come about when they're treating people with these psychedelic plants. And I had done psychedelics in high school, including LSD and, and psilocybin, which is aka magic mushroom. And um and and truth be told, so I'm I'm looking into this stuff. I start reading about it a little bit more. Hadn't touched this stuff since I was 19. Um and and I was speaking over in Denmark that summer. 
And Denmark is very close to Amsterdam, and Amsterdam cannabis is actually illegal, but psilocybin oh, yeah. is legal. So okay. you can you can look and see. And I would challenge anybody, anybody, I would challenge you, read Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. Um, it's a very scholarly read. I would challenge anybody to go listen to that TED Talk from the Johns Hopkins professor and and explain to me why it is with these findings. In Adventism, I'm a nut job because I was opting to use medicinal cannabis at one point as opposed to using, uh, 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 for my ADHD, they had prescribed to me um, uh, Ritalin, not Ritalin, but uh, Adderall, which is an amphetamine. So in Adventism, you're good to go with amphetamine. That's A-OK. Add a meth in front of that, you get meth amphetamine. So totally go ahead and use amphetamine. But if you're going to use THC, you're of the devil and you're going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I've Not over a literal in hell, though. I speak over in Denmark and... Um, not many people know about this, so this is good. But um, I speak over <laughs> Denmark. Hot tag, my wife, my wife, my wife knew that I was over in Europe. I added two days on the on the end of that to go to Amsterdam. I did an Airbnb. I went into the store. I bought psilocybin. It's they call them truffles. Same same thing. DMT. Um, I had just a very, so I ate the, the mushrooms on the next day. I walked around Amsterdam, had a beautiful day. I felt like a grown-ass man. So here I just finished a camp meeting. I go to Amsterdam, do this thing. I fly home. My wife doesn't know. I think one of my homies from my church knew. I flew home. Like two weeks later, I go to that men's weekend on Friday night of the men's weekend, I tell the boys, hey, guys, I just went to Amsterdam looking for a spiritual experience, ate the truffles, and it wasn't that spiritual of experience, but it was just a good day. It just felt like a good day. And the therapist said, Matthew, anything based on a lie. What was the lie? I lied by omission by not telling my bride that where I was and what it was that I was doing. I didn't tell anybody, which is not normal for me, but that's the case. And um, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for because, quite frankly, I, I you know I've done psilocybin since that time, uh, probably a handful of times. I've never done it in a clinical setting, and I would really love to, um, because because at the end of the day, you guys, I'm looking for reality. I'm looking for meaning, and simply put. I feel like I fell in love with a narrative. I became known as a communicator of that narrative. And I went around and, and gallivanted the planet speaking about that narrative. But at the end of the day, it's more of like a fairy tale to me. If I'm going to be rigorously honest, it's like this pipe dream. It's I want God. I want the Holy Spirit. I pleaded for the Holy Spirit. I want life change. I cannot change myself, so you can. I'm going to surrender myself to that. I'm going to serve you faithfully. But at the end of the day, I still love porn. Like I still am like gravitate to porn, or I still love cannabis, or I still uh, bite my fingernails like crazy. I'm still an anxious person. Or, or, I mean, I feel like I love my wife, but I still get angry at her or 
I didn't, I didn't treat her in the way that my bride deserved to be treated. And I, I just, I can't reconcile that picture of like, God, if you're real, if you're alive, WTF is going on, hook a brother up because I, because I'm losing my mind. Yeah. I, I feel like you've really summarized it in the last, in the last couple of sentences there. I'm, I'm hearing like this journey, the, the common thread I'm hearing between all of your whole journey is the, is the, the thread of honesty. Like that seems to be central. You came into preaching and, and and sharing the message and you're like, well, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest. And so that honesty was carried with you throughout your entire, entire journey. And like you said, you were... Pro- and it's like a seeking. It's not just like, honestly, like this is where I am. Mm. But it's like, I am honestly seeking after what I'm reading about in the Bible. And that, and right. that journey of like this, this, the gospel message as how you understood it and how you preached it claimed to change lives it claimed yeah. to heal people it claimed to set you free of sin whether that be these physical symptoms of sin of yeah. like porn addiction drug addiction yeah. things like that yeah. um, whether it be behavior change to love yeah. people more to do all these things and what i'm hearing from you is saying this story i believe this story i preach this story i i gave 17 years of my life to i look back after 17 years and i have not changed yeah and you're just, what I'm hearing is you're just sharing that honesty being like, yeah. how much longer do I follow it? Yeah. Or now do I just be honest? Which is, I guess, why you're talking to us, which we appreciate so much, is that yeah. open honesty being like, yeah. I am still seeking the very thing I was seeking at 17 when I went yeah. into Adventism. I thought this would be the idol or the cure to the inherent brokenness of me as a human. But what I'm hearing, and I think what you're saying is, I... I haven't found it and you haven't found it in psilocybin, which I know a lot of the secular world will be like, no, no, like if we can just legalize this drug, like it'll open up some kind of like spiritual enlightenment within people. So it sounds like you've, you've, you've been open to that and you, you've just found that you haven't found it. Yeah. And I, I'm sort of picking up. It seems to me that the very, and this is projecting a little bit, but, um, the very people that said when you came into Advent- Adventism and were a pastor and you oh. were a, fre- a breath of fresh air, those that breath of fresh air is still what you're trying to do, but you would be vilified yeah. for it now. Like you've because the, the message doesn't align. That's anymore. right. It's like you've said. So you've you can be seen, honest in this space. Yeah, and we like that. We love your honesty, and we love how you. But you know, don't tell us about when you did psilocybin yeah. and answer yeah. them but after don't, preaching. Don't expose the shortcomings <laughs> of the message. Like don't expose yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the um, discontinuity in 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 the narrative. Yeah. Do you want to add or feedback to that? If we've if we've gotten it or we well, missed something. I, no, no, you're spot on. I think you're spot on. I, I will say that. Can I? Can, may I say something real quick? Please, please yeah. do. Your boy uh, Seth, his last Seth Taylor. Yes, yes. Had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yes, I I have reached out to him, and I I do hope to connect with him because when he's talking about that metaphysical experience that he had at some retreat and this prayer experience that he had where his wife, who's an intuitive, by the way, um, 
So he identifies as a Christian who was Pentecostal. I don't know what brand he subscribes to at the moment, but I'm really encouraged. I'm, I'm encouraged and challenged by a number of things that he said, and I would highly recommend no Bolsheviks. Please go listen to the podcast. If any of what I'm saying resonates, uh, the, the one on uh, uh, porn stars or priests or what, what, what is it called? Um, be, because, um, you know, he, he gets into that metaphysical and I'm, I have not listened to the one on Peter Rollins. I cannot believe you guys had Peter Rollins on here and I, I, I gotta go listen to that. But, um, but, but what, what Josh's experience was of having this deliverance, you know, this supernatural experience, this, his body was broken down and this darkness came out at this exorcism of an experience to me, to me, that makes sense. Now I know critics will hear me and they'll be like, well, God's ways are not your ways and God's thoughts are not your thoughts. And I get it, but we ought to be in my, in my opinion, maybe I sound like an entitled, you know, punk, but I believe that Christianity deserves today and the planet deserves today, if the narrative is real, there ought to be miracles happening. If God, if the God of scripture is this benevolent God, then, then there ought to be, it ought to be, to me, it ought to be easy street to go in. When you look at the life and teachings of Jesus, homie was hyper attractive to people, uh, to people that were far from God. They, they just flocked to be around him. Whereas in the church today, I'm like, I, I have no interest. I, I really don't care to go sit in a facility with a bunch of people that my life is not changing. At the end of the day, I'm like, what, what is it all about? Um, so when, when I hear somebody like Seth, I just wish that that was the norm and not the exception, if, if that makes sense. Um, the, the other thing in addition to talking about Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upward. Um, the other thing that a, a good buddy of mine that I was in college with said to me the other day, he's like, Matthew, you realize that the Bible was written geographically over the 1600 years that the Bible was written. Geographically, it came from about a hundred mile radius. So at that time that it was written, there are societies on, on, five other comments, but to think that, that I guess where I'm at today is, is that part of what I wanted to revisit was some of your comments about the psilocybin. I am still very open to and intrigued by psilocybin. I've not done ayahuasca. I know that's growing with, with increase, but I am very intrigued, very open to, and very much believing that there is something to be said, something to be discovered, something to be experienced with with these things i'm not saying it's for everybody i'm not here to campaign that stuff and i'm not a pastor anymore uh, so, <laughs> you know so don't look at me to to that you know with that light i'm on a journey uh but i'm not i'm not trying to say that psilocybin is not part of my answer um mm -hmm. it's still something that i'm exploring and and very much right. open to and and hold reverence to um right. And I don't know if I should pin there, but I do. I do want to comment on on that falling upward book. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I think I think we'll bring we'll come back to that maybe yes, towards please. the end if that's if that's what you're wanting to talk about now. Uh, I want to. I just want to draw out some clear things that like people listening because. 
because what we want to do, obviously, people will be listening to this, like from Adventism, from Protestantism, from mm-hmm. like well within the the faith tradition that you're talking about just didn't work for you. Yeah. And if, and that's like, we think that's okay. We're not afraid yeah. of talking about ideas yeah. um, because we, we like your honesty and your, and your journey that you're going through. Um, and I want to pull out when you say the lie, when you're saying that, that uh, a therapist said to you, anything based on a lie can't be a spiritual experience or something like that. What, after all of this experience, this this kind of hearing I'm saying of of this Christian narrative of miracles and life transformation just didn't happen for you. And that led you to this, this frustration of like, I want to be a better person, but I just have tried so much within, I've tried, you've been the biggest dog there is within like the GC, you've, you've gone up that system that promises to make you whole and complete and it it kind of hasn't. Mm. What is what would you say the lie is that when when the person said that it clicked? What was bring us to that moment and and what you're talking about when you say the lie? I think I, I think a couple of things come to my mind. Number one is is that I think I was living my life very frustrated at everybody else and frustrated at the system mm. and you know, no one, you know, these people aren't trusting me to the degree or they're not respecting me to the degree that I want them to. And my focus was external. And then again, when, when I heard him say that anything based on a lie will never be fully spiritual. And, and when I heard that again, I was defiant initially. You don't understand me, bro. Uh, uh, you don't get where I'm coming from. But then by the end of the weekend, the the great epiphany for me was instead of blaming other people or blaming the system, um, because I'm bewildered. Like I say, I'm not here to attack Adventism. I think there's a lot of beauty in it. There are a ton of beautiful people in it. A lot of beautiful attributes are are found in the Adventist church. Um, It's just for me, the, the wake up for me was I'm lying to myself. I am lying to myself if I'm gonna right. if I'm gonna get up and and try to pretend I can't take a paycheck anymore to do this. I can't take right. it. I'm not Adventist. I'm not nearly Adventist enough. And, and you know, I'm just not nearly Adventist enough. Um, you know, alcohol for me, it's never been a big thing in my life. Um, but it just wasn't, it wasn't like just all these rules and regulations. Sure. But and when again, you're saying Adventist, you're using it as a descriptor of the, I guess, the legalistic rules around it, like no alcohol, uh, keep the Sabbath certain ways, or how are you using that word Adventist? I, I'm using it to say that I was an employee of a denomination that was paying me money that at the end of the day... They're pay- my job is, is they're giving me cash money to convert people into that denomination. Mm. Yeah. And, and I'm just saying that I'm not Adventist enough. I, I'll be frank with right. you. The Sabbath thing for me, while I see it scripturally, I can support yeah. it scripturally or state of the dead. I can support these things scripturally. But again, dude, it's like, quite frankly, it's like, forget all of that. I'm not converted. I've not received the baptism right. of the Holy Spirit. I've preached yep. about it a million times. I think, yep. I actually think that within Adventism, 
or within Christianity in general, that they often are missing the mark because they're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. And I'm like, forget the cru- I mean, not no offense. This is heresy right here. <laughs> but I'm like, well, it is. It is to some. But I'm like, yeah, look, yeah. at the end of the day, him dying on the cross is not the, the focal point. I would argue the better focal point is the resurrection and the even better focal point is the baptism is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to make my home in all of you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to multiply myself and now you're going to all become little Jesuses and the things that you've seen me do, you guys are going to do even greater. And I just got to the point where that was the lie for me is, is, is the way the truth and the lie is, or the, the truth of the matter is, is that I'm not seeing the, we're doing even greater. What I am seeing is, is, and I can go off till Jesus comes back, but what I am seeing is, is a group of people that are coming together, sitting in, we go to these events, we do all these events, and for what? You didn't see transformation. I didn't, and and I see Craig making that comment. Right. I didn't. didn't I didn't. It. I, it's not only did I not. And and look, could I argue? And, and do 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 I want to belittle any of those camp meetings where a young person received some sort of spiritual message and they felt fueled up? Do I want to do I want to discredit any of that and their experience? Absolutely not. Do I carry yeah. guilt and shame right now because I don't know really how to posture up? I I, I don't know. I, I I had all these people that you know would tell me again. God spoke to me th- through you. I, I'm not wanting to let that person down. I'm just saying I couldn't. I could, and I know a lot of people right now that are pastoring churches that are telling me. Dude, I wish I could do. I wish I had the cojones to do what you did, but the the benefits are too good. My my child's education is discounted seventy percent, and I can't afford not to do this. And and I get it. I get it on a human nature, but for me personally, and and as my buddy, as my mentor buddy said down the street, Matthew, you blew your life up. I mean, my life would be a hell of a lot easier if I just stayed the course and just. Kept kept being in pastor land. Um, it sounds like you couldn't. It's like if you're a vacuum cleaner salesman, it sounds like you couldn't continue saying this yeah. vacuum cleaner is going to suck up all the yeah. dirt in your life. <laughs> trust, and you couldn't keep saying trust me because you're like my house is a mess, my floor is dusty. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So that's. I think that that's very interesting, and I guess I'd like to know now how you're looking for that transformation and like yeah. you touched on it a little bit yeah. but talk to us like, like what are you looking that. for and yeah define it what are you looking for and then how you're going about through that searching so so last year so december december of 2018 um my wife asked me to leave for the umpteenth time um and we we separated bless her heart and um, and I say that very sincerely because I see now some of my shortcomings that I was oblivious to at the time. Just how I was showing up is I'll, I'll just own that I was a I was and and in many respects still am and am trying to crawl out from being a freaking boy man, um, not showing up in my marriage the way that my my wife my bride deserved to be treated. 
And as a result, it, it anyway, I left on December 12 of 2018. I drove to LA. I ended up putting about somewhere between 10 to 15,000 miles, 20K on my car last year. I walked the Camino de Santiago. I, I, I went over to, uh, flew over to France with a guy that I met randomly through a family friend. Um, we flew over there on May 6 of last year into Paris on May 9. We started the trail in Le Puy en Valais in France, and I walked a thousand miles over the span of 52 days, purely plant based, no cannabis, no alcohol, very little. I, I drank a wine or a beer towards the tail end, um, made all my meals, woke up at, at I did the whole thing for 1500 bucks. Um, I went into every single church that was unlocked along the way. And that is a, it is a old Christian pilgrimage and um, just seeking God out. And I left that trail wanting. I, I did not, I cried to God. I still cry to God from time to time. I just feel if I'm going to be rigorously honest. And again, dude, I feel a bit, a bit like, like, I, I, I'm, I'm envious of the Christian that is just like, I have faith in God and, and rah, rah, rah. He will never leave me nor mm. forsake me. Well, I feel left and I feel forsaken. Mm. I feel like a, I feel like, so what am I doing now? I am trusting. I'll be fully honest with you. I feel very comfortable using the phrase. I'm trusting the universe. I'm believing that, and I'm not trying to sound spiritual. I'm just saying, I'm trusting that God is way bigger. That's why I identify as agnostic. It, 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 he, it is way bigger than what I had had in mind. And, and this notion of this God coming into my life and, and giving me, and G, little baby Jesus would come into my life, which is what I preached. I just don't buy it anymore. So what am I doing right now? I'm, 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 I do cry out to the universe because I can't handle it at times. I don't, I'm so, um, it, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded, heartbroken, speechless, cr cr crazy at times, feel like I'm losing my schlitz at times. Um, so I'm in a men's, well, I'm in a men's group every Monday night called Every Man, E-V-R-Y-M-A-N. Uh, that's a, I think international, but definitely nationally based men's group, um, that I have some homies locally. I have two mentors in my life. One's a very staunch believer. One would be more Buddhist, um, that I'm very accountable to with every major decision. I do a lot of hiking, um, spending time in nature. I'm still cooking most of my meals. I don't, um, I'm, I make my bed. I mean, some of this stuff you may, may be like, what are you freaking kidding me? But I make my bed every day. Um, I'm just trying to show, I'm trying to show up for my kids every day as hard as it's been at times. Um, I'm reading like a banshee. I'm, I'm read and I read books on, when I say read most books I'm doing via audio audible and I just listen to them over and over and over again. I really don't have a palate for scripture at the time being. Um, I don't, I, I can't, I've gone to a couple churches a couple times, but I, I really, like I watch all this stuff happening online and, um, but 
those those are some things yeah i'm hearing so i'm i can hear the way this is heard in two respects yeah and i can hear some people listening and and it's interesting to have this added dynamic of you used to being a pastor you mentioning someone popping up saying i baptized that guy and i can hear this like some level of like am i letting people down because what i was preaching I, you know, in some respects, it didn't transform me, but they, mm. they heard something in what I was saying. And there's this connection, there's this unspoken connection. And, and some people might be hearing that you've thrown in the towel, you've left yeah, like, the up. tradition, yeah. you're, you're moving to, to you, you're either have been hurt by the church and, and that, that trauma is being dealt with by like lashing out and, and, and I guess rejecting everything that, that the church believe so to speak but then what another way of hearing what you're hearing is i'm still hearing what some might say is the central message to christianity which is there is something that is loving there is something that can transform humanity there is something that draws us all together and i'm hearing you going i i'm taking this message seriously (laughs) and what is it like what is where is it because i'm believing wholeheartedly in the gospel so much that i have to betray how i've held it now yeah. i have to throw in the way i've conceived like i'm hearing in what you're saying of of going to the universe and saying god is bigger it's like many christians would they would agree with this statement saying well god is bigger than we possibly imagine but it sounds to me like you are experiencing that reality going well i I tried to imagine God in this religion and it, it didn't transform me. Yeah. And I still have hope in something that might be called God, but I haven't conceived it yet. And it sounds like to me, you're on that same trajectory, but have ditched just you've, you've a form of a, it. Yeah, you've dropped a lot of language and a lot of baggage that, that wasn't that didn't it was clearly wasn't working. Yeah. That fits, yeah. I see it I see it as a shoebox. If I gave it a metaphor, I see Adventism as a shoebox. And, um, or, you know, all you guys referenced how many thousands of Christian denominations, right? Um, and, and I just think there's a much bigger world out there than, than I gave myself, um, freedom to explore, right? And, and maybe maybe a lot more simple. And I and I also think too that there's a lot to be said about being paid for clergy. To be a paid for clergy human being is a is a funky funky place to be. Like I, it, it's glorious on one hand. I never could believe I got paid to do what I did. Um, but I think as far as the ego is concerned, and this is for me. I, I, I always thought I was a humble guy and down to earth and approachable and and my God, have I seen my ego um, predominantly in light of my wife and and so it, like in my relationship or where I where I in that whole dynamic, um, I've seen it. but also, you know, also within Christianity, and that's where you know it feels like the bottom has fallen out. Um, but but part of what you said too resonates as far as like I was thinking about it recently. Like how many times have I been in a big camp where I'm singing songs with all my heart and I'm feeling something, 
but I'm feeling something that's transcendent, right? So I've tasted that. Um, um, I've tasted transcendence before, but as far as anything being like a personal relationship with Jesus, where I'm like, I feel so compelled. I mean, if the gospel is really real and if Jesus is really in, living in me and working miracles in my life, I sure as hell ought to be confident to go talk to anybody like the Apostle Paul was. But I'm not like that. You know, I'm not driven like that. Why? Because I have a bunch of doubt because I've never seen him. He's never appeared to me. I prayed for the Damascus Road experience, walking that Camino and multiple times through my life, but I've never seen him. I've never touched him or felt him. And if and and if he's a dad, if the Bible is accurate that God is this loving heavenly father, well, it's pretty messed up. In my opinion, like I'm, I'm, I, I love my dad very much, my earthly father. Um, but everything is business and not a lot of depth and in, in in the emotional capacity. And I'm really struggling showing up for my kids because I want something deeper than what I experience. And I, sh I'm talking with my earthly father, and I sure want something deeper than what I've experienced with Christianity. Where last year I left my my ex and my kids, I was gone for seven months, and I got a lot of flack or whatever that you're a bastard, you left your kids. Well, I'm here and I'm showing up as regularly as possible because I want something deeper with them, and and uh, I wish I had more of the answers or wish wish. Uh, that I was more settled in this stage. And, and hopefully, you know, if we circle back in a year from now, I, I, I will have a little bit more, a greater sense of groundedness in my life. But I, I, I have no interest in discrediting anybody or judging anybody's, I guess I would, based on you guys, I would automatically judge them. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really have no interest in like deterring somebody's faith or like, judging somebody's faith or their journey. Um, I'm just, I'm looking for, I'm looking for something more than what I, what I have experienced. And I think, I feel if I'm going to be rigorously honest, it feels like I'm nudging towards that. It feels like I'm nudging towards greater wholeness in my life. Um, I, it's been hard for me to love myself. I'll, I'll be honest with you there. When I was a pastor, I was on cloud nine a lot of the times. I struggled, but I was on cloud nine a lot of the time. And since I've left, it's been a tremendous, I thought it was going to be an amazing ride of just leveling up and everything was just going to be glorious. Um, what do you and, think made it that cloud nine experience for you? Bro, I, I mean, this is what I'm struggling with, quite frankly, professionally, is being a pastor where every day was a different day. I was meet, every day was different. Meeting with the human race, where my job was just to engage with the human race and to love on them and to listen to their dreams and aspirations and empower them and give them the keys to the kingdom. I wanted to give everybody a key to the church, right? I wanted to to um, preach. I'm just 
bulleting a couple things, but preaching is a passion. I never knew that, but public speaking, mm-hmm. getting up and being extemporaneous. And like you said, bro, the comedian piece and like, I love making people laugh. I don't think I'm the best mm-hmm. at it. I don't, I don't think I'm really all that funny to be honest, especially now it's a damn nightmare, but, um, <laughs> but, but getting up in front of a group of people and, and, uh, and teaching things that were relevant and meaningful gave a lot of meaning. I'm very innovative and futuristic and, and being in a place to be able to um, help people move out of a model that is dead and defunct and, and so controlling and, and to unleash and, and inspire people. Glorious. I just think, I think it was like a nine out of 10 for me in my, in my DNA makeup. I ju- it just felt like a fit. It sounds to me, um, as we circle back and then out the other side of this moment of this teacher and you looking back and going, what has I, what have I based my spiritual life on? Is it based on a lie? And it sounds like you taking that seriously and this, this message that you were preaching and handing, like my assumption at the beginning, were you lying to me? You're like, no, you were seeking as hard as you always were for this, as you are now. So the same, the same Matt that's seeking then is the same Matt that's seeking now. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like as you come out the other side, it's gotten a hell of a lot harder for you. Yeah. And it, it sounds like it might have gotten a, a lot darker for you. And I wonder if it has something to do with, like you were talking about um, when you were away for seven months, there was like this, this pressure on you because of your previous position um, it sounds to me like there's pressure on you to be a certain way and you're like, well, I'm hurting. I need some space myself. Like I haven't got this figured out. Um, where And like Seth talks about this, like we put all of these pressures onto our priests, whether they're porn stars or actual priests, and we externalize a lot of our problems onto them. And you're saying me as the person that it was externalized onto, I was hurting in that moment and yeah. I needed space and I couldn't, I couldn't be everything for everyone, um, even if you wanted to be sort of thing. So, Talk to us about that other side of that and that journey, which sounds pretty recent. It's only, what, like two years. Talk to us about the other side of that journey and where you are now. Got over the hill, you're coming down and maybe mix in a bit of the, the um, falling upwards, like the Richard Raw stuff, because it sounds to me like that might be you know a bit of a a link there have you boys read that have you guys seen that book yeah yeah i've I've read it i haven't read the full book but i know a lot of richard raw's work yeah so yeah i i and boy listen gentlemen i want to just say if i may thank i thank you for creating this space um and for having me on and and it's a pleasure and then (laughs) also for being a sounding board because i feel like you're um it it's uh it's just it's refreshing and i i really appreciate it um oh you're welcome thanks um so yeah i it has been dark and if 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 we go back to the if if indeed adventism represents a shoebox using that metaphor and if i were to walk into a uh uh a warehouse that contains these just christian shoeboxes but then I were to walk out of that warehouse and step out into the stratosphere. Yeah. I mean, now, now, next thing I know, it's a bit daunting, right? It's a bit breathtaking in the sense that Adventism and Christianity, 
scary. Yeah, like, is it scary? It is for me in the sense that I don't know what's right, or I don't, right. I, I haven't found what I'm looking for, and I, I've, I, I mean, I, it, it's scary in the sense that what, in contrast to what Advent, Adventism was comfy cozy. Mm. I mean, it, it, I jumped into it, and next thing I know, I have publications and radio stations and TV and, and churches and hospitals and schools on a global scale. And I have a 66-book yeah. Bible, and then I yeah. have 27, 28 fundamental beliefs, which is an oxymoron. But <laughs> Everything that you had a question for, there was an answer, and it was, there just, was like, an an- just take and, it and off the somebody, shelf. Somebody just said that recently to me that, you know, the problem with Adventism is that they have an answer for everything. Um, But anyway, uh, but so stepping out of that, it's like, you know, standing on the beach and looking at the stars. It's just, you know, there's a level that's inexplainable. Right. And and so there's this maybe a juxtaposition where there's a level that's unexplainable and potentially unattainable and yet there are people that I really gravitate towards and really resonate with and these people have a tendency to be very grounded Um, they they have a tendency to be very mindful and aware and intuitive and present and in the moment Um, and and tying into Richard Rohr's Falling Upward, what, what Richard Rohr talks about in that book is, is that there's these two halves of life. And in your first half of life, you're, you're black and white thinking, you're very opinionated, uh, uh, you're very judgmental, um, your, ego, your ego is thick, right? Um, and, and I mean, how much more egotistical can you be than we are the remnant church of God's chosen people, um, <laughs> like, which is we're yeah. right. And everybody else in the universe is wrong. <laughs> Even other Christians. <laughs> right. So, um, so to step out of that and, and what Richard, you know, suggests in that book is that for some of us, and this is where I, I will be honest, he, he kind of, what I'm understanding him to say is he insinuates that not everybody goes through this transition, but some people go through a transition where the bottom falls out and they question everything, everything that they once stood for, they question everything and their ego, what was there is just crushed and decimated and they lose everything. So what, what have I experienced? And so I'm clear before I say this I'm not on the other side. I haven't, I don't feel, uh, I'm somewhere, I'm hoping, it. I am hoping and praying that somehow, some way, I'm somewhere in between, like this first mm. and second half of life, and I'm bewildered as to how to get there. I'm just trusting that somehow I show, I wake up and I make my freaking bed, and I, I'm accountable to men in my life. And I show up for my kids and that somehow, some way, there is a benevolent God. I choose to believe that. Um, there is a, a benevolent universe or, or spirit or energy or vibration, whatever vernacular you care to use. Um, I'm just trusting that, that's, that, that, that things are working out for my, my better good. Um, 
that things are working out for my best interest. And I choose to believe that for everyone. Um, but somehow, and again, in Richard Rohr's book, this second half of life, you become less judgmental. He suggests that sanguines or extroverts can become introverts. And that may be happening with me. I'm a pretty extroverted homie. Um, but you know, things are, things are changing and I wouldn't, on one hand, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy because it's been, it's the dark night of the soul. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I've called, I've called a couple people. One of, one of my mentors is a PhD psychologist in Orlando and I have called him probably it was the month of March was the hardest month of my lifetime. And I thought it was hard, but I thought I had gone through hardship before, but I went through a significant heartache uh, season of heartache and still am with my ex on an unprecedented level. Again, where I saw my ego and I saw my core in ways that I hadn't seen. And this was not using any type of substance. I was, mm. I, it just, I mean, me. not to not to pry too deeply, go go where you want, but that darkness and that that sadness that you're talking about was it like relational? Was it like f- like seeing something within yourself that like is is hard to confront? Or uh, you want to describe that or loss yeah. or whatever? Yeah, it. Um, I want to describe it. Um, I don't know how how good I will be at doing it. I I can say it this way that when I even like when I resigned I was when I resigned I felt free as a jaybird. Mm. I mean, I felt strung like flung out of a cannon. I felt like wow. I was just flying and just <laughs> everything was glorious. And what happened to me in the month of March is I just started realizing that that there, there have been so many times in my life where I thought that I was doing the right thing. I thought I was doing the noble thing. Um, I thought I, I was entitled. I felt very entitled. Um, and I could see that my best decisions, namely, I mean, I have to live with the fact that I, I did leave my children for seven months. And I felt yeah. very entitled and aligned during that, during points of that time. Um, and ultimately, I have to live with decisions. But I, I see now that there could have been things, not just with me leaving, um, but I'm saying in the big picture of my life, just things could have been very different. And I'm, I'm perplexed mm. because at the time, I feel like I was doing the best that I could with what I had. And then yeah. that best left me, left me, I wasn't without, I, I wasn't without shelter. I just was homeless, jobless, faithless, familyless, yeah. everything gone. Yeah. And, um, and that. And is it yeah. some level of seeing yourself with none of these illusions, seeing you, Matt, without the job, without the home, without the wife, without the family. No, that but, ego construction. And then the you of the past that made those decisions, is it, is it some level of like encountering your own humanity, I suppose, in its, yeah. in its fullness that was difficult? Yeah, in addition to then saying, God, you've abandoned me. 
So now, yeah, now yeah. I'm like, what Feeling the alarmed, funk? Super yeah, alarmed. what the funk is going on? My life has blown up. And as my mentor yeah. said that to me, dude, you blew your life up in 2017. I'm like, well, player, I agree with that to a degree. But a big theme with my 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 state of mind right now, state of consciousness, is that there's a duality to life, right? Yeah. That I can't. Yes, I blew my life up. Yes, I was front row and center. But then there's elements. It's like my bald head. I didn't choose this. Yeah. You know, it was it was thrust yeah. upon me, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that that is a big mystery to me as well. But it, mm. it it's part of the heartache. It's like, God, why? Why? Mm. For the sake of my kids, why? For the sake of my bride, why? Um, and I and I and I'm not you know I'm not clear on that. It's interesting to hear the pain and difficulty out the other side of this deconstructing experience from this construction of who you were within church, this belief system, and and that within all the difficulties and struggles that you're feeling and experiencing probably right now as you're reconstructing a picture of a universe and finding answers and having no answers where there were once answers. I want to pull out this thread that, that ultimately pulled you through because a lot of people might say, well, why did you leave then? Obviously it's worse now, but I'm also hearing this thread of seeking honesty, hope and truth that has pulled you into this pain. Would you agree? I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but my assumption is that you don't want to go back there and do you wish you never did it? Trust me when I say there's an element that is like, I'm not clear on the on, on all the why, I don't have an answer to, as to why all the why. Um, and I don't know if, if I was given the choice, would I do it all the same? I mean, dude, it was freaking glorious, man. I mean, do I wish I never did it? It would be hard for me to say yes to that because... This, this end part, this, do, like, do you wish you never kind of resigned and pulled that thread like when you ask them those questions like matt just leave the thread like what's an what's a relationship with jesus really like like don't pull that thread like do you wish have you found any value in in (laughs) that going into the dark night of the soul because richard raw talks about this he will he will posit and when we're talking to uh, rollins he was saying that this will be almost a crucial element of of human existence is this going into the, the shadow self and exposing that so and, and it might be really and like i will again commend you and and just applaud you and, and say thank you for your openness and your vulnerability in this because it sounds like it's still well, it's happening like space, as of yeah. yesterday sort of thing yeah. like you're still eyeballs deep in this this shadow self sort of this this dark night of the soul so again answer it as, as vaguely as you need to to remain sane but yeah any insights would be really really valuable i think well what are you asking would i do it differently or what, do i regret resigning well, well i mean pulling that thread of doubt and following that rabbit hole that you essentially followed initially at the little and now at the end really like jumping in do you yeah. do you regret it I don't, if I'm hearing correctly, I don't, um, 
I I don't regret it because I because I feel like it, I mean to be to, to, to be honest with you like I'm I'm in this weird headspace where people have affirmed me my whole career my whole adult life dude you're so vulnerable mm. you're so honest mm. you're so transparent well yeah and I'm also realizing and that's part of the crisis is like I'm also realizing, holy crap, in all my vulnerability and transparency, I didn't know the half, and I still don't. Um, am, I, am I elated right now in this moment with everything going on in my life? No. Would, would I, do I regret resigning? Not at all. I, I have never, mm. has that thought, has it come up for me? Like, damn, it sure would be nice to have a steady paycheck or... or um, you know, have have clout in the community or position or title or to be the guy for my kids to be able to see up front or this, that and the other. Have I had those thoughts? Certainly. Have I ever have I ever questioned was my resignation the right thing to do? Yes, I've questioned it, but I very quickly come with the answer that that it, it there just would be no other way. And mm. It's crazy making. I'm not going to lie. Like, like, look, when I resigned, I had a lot of stuff happen. Uh, I won't go into the details unless you want to, but um, people thought there were people that thought I was literally manic, bipolar, needed to be on lithium. Crazy. All right. Mm. Um, there were also people simultaneously that were walking with me during that whole time that thought I was having a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And sitting here today, I, I think it may be, it may have been a little bit of both. I don't know, but I, but, but yeah. imagine again, dude, imagine like, like I was, I was convoluted trying to fit internally. I'm not blaming anybody else. So the church mm -hmm. did not ask me to leave. I was, I was, I was jacked up myself mm -hmm. and, and now I'm trying to unjack myself. Yeah. Um, to ask the question we ask everybody when exploring the ideas that have kind of shaped and, and transformed them. Yours was talking about this ex this exposure of what is true and, and following that and always being honest with that journey. What do you think, talking about how difficult it is and the, and the suffering that you've, almost, like you've experienced because of it, what do you think the benefit is to you kind of embracing wholeheartedly your honest, authentic quest for, for this, for this wholeness and truth yeah. that you and, kind and, of and believe into the doubt. But exists yeah. and into the doubt. What do you think the benefit of that is? Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping again, this is a hope because I've not arrived, but I hope um, that the benefit quite frankly is that that I'm able to pass on something to my children that is very authentic and real, um, mm. that is not a fairy tale, that is not fictitious, mm. that is not playing games, that is not a role that works in reality. That 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 is very again. A, a buddy of mine that's a therapist over in Tennessee told me. He said, you know, you notice this trend with yourself, right, Matthew? You're, you're attracted to these people that represent a groundedness. So there are Christians that I really love and respect and enjoy their company and enjoy the conversation. Um, 
So what is this all about? I'm just, like I say, man, I mean, coming on to this thing, I had some trepidation because, and and as I said to you, uh, when you first reached out, like this is not, this isn't going to be scholarly. I'm not coming to you from a place of, of, of I'm found and, and here's the peer reviewed research behind this one. (laughs) Right. But, but what I, what I am, what I am hoping selfishly speaking is that I, I, I come to that place where I really genuinely love myself. I really believe in myself. I really, um, I'm a man of morality, a man of alignment. Um, I'm a man of my word. Um, and, and somehow some way that that betters the human race. Um, right. And, and starting, starting first and foremost with my kids, really, I mean, I'm, I'm like desperation mm. mode for them. Like it's, it's tough for me sometimes. And, and again, you guys are creating space for me and I appreciate it, but you know, I want to show up for my kids in a way that, um, that is meaningful and real and, and gives them exposure and experience that I did not have. I don't, I don't, my, my dad is a great man and and a man I hold in, in high regard. Um, but I don't feel that he, he helped. I don't feel he took the time to teach me what it meant to be a man. And, and I don't feel like God in heaven taught me how to be a man. Um, Mm. Uh, and how to be a, a, a loving husband. Um, and so I'm hoping to get those, those things right. And I just have to believe that this deconstruction, forget the deconstruction of Christianity. It's like the deconstruction of my own self, you know, of, of, um, that's, that's an interesting point. Yeah. It sounds not so much that you're pushing back against Christianity. It's like, I feel like it's pushing through it. Yeah, it's like this is how it didn't work for me because this is like I need this work. And all those things that you're talking about and outlining, I mean, that's the almost the exact same mo of a christian who subscribes to these beliefs what i'm hearing and you can reflect on this is however you like what i'm hearing is like you as a human being as a father as a person want to love more you want to show up in the world you want to love your kids more and you want to love yourself more Mm. and it sounds like what you've discovered is there's this self that was promised to be transformed, you were promised to be transformed by like say Adventism and and in that transformation then you'd be able to love more. But you've it's almost like right now I'm seeing you seeing the bottleneck that is yourself being like, I want to be there for my kids, but there's these things in myself that I'm just can't change or hasn't been changed for me. Mm. And so as much as people might be hearing like this guy is 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 anti-Adventist because he's out the other side. Yeah. I'm hearing he's gone in, gone through it going, I want this love message. I want yeah. this transformation yeah. and I'm going to follow it. It's like he's taken it seriously. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I'm hearing. the point isn't where he thought it would be. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like somewhere on the other side. Would that be accurate or are we reading too much no, into it? I give it too much. <laughs> I'm right here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he went through it. No, I, I, no, that feels, <laughs> that, that feels very accurate. Um, 
And I quite frankly, again, it's not the outcome. I didn't marry my bride to divorce her. I didn't join Adventism to leave it, right? It's not the outcome that I set. It wasn't my intention to to be there, uh, to be where I'm at today. Um, mm. And, you know, you, but yes. You may, have, you may have already touched on yeah, this. Yeah, you have to, touched on it a bit. And to but finish that's... up with a couple of questions that we normally do, how... Do in people, your opinion. Yeah, in your yeah. opinion and your experience and you being honest right now and, and just talking with whoever's following you and, and is familiar with us, how do you think people see you? Like, how do you think maybe your ex-employers see you yeah. now? Um, I'll, I'll, Or do you not like to think about that? I, I, <laughs> no, well, put it to you this way. I have, I, this is part of my, part of my, um, that inner critic is part of my, I would say it's right up there at the very top of, of the brain trauma that I'm needing to get over in my life. Cause I make up a mm. whole hell of a lot of narratives in my head as to what people think of me. Give us your top three. Yeah. Top or three. Two. Or one. <laughs> um, um, I mean, it, it depends again. I'm I'm thinking about two two different audiences predominantly when you ask that. One is the administrators yep. or the the church leaders, the big and, dogs uh, in the GC, and and even well, but to be honest, like the GC thing, that was that was kind of a, I mean that was just kind of a fluky thing. I was independent; they hired me on contract. But anyway, um, I I think of the church, maybe the church leaders. I think of the people that maybe in thinking about the people that saw me as a pastor or knew me as a pastor and or itinerant speaker, you came and spoke at my event uh, type of thing. And then the other the other audience that I think about is the um, is my wife's girlfriends who or my ex's girlfriends who two of the there's four of them, the ex and three other Two of them, I would argue that I was closer to them than they were with her until the divorce hit. And I just, so number one is, is I think those women see me and women in our community, very small community. I live in St. Helena, California, where the church was, is very small. I, I think they see me as a monster. So that's a big mm-hmm. word. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, uh, crazy um, um, you know, mentally unstable. Um, it's hard to, hard to think, uh, hard to say. I'm, I don't think I, I, a lot of this is in my head. Um, uh, demonic, maybe like the church, when I think of the church leaders, I think, but they don't talk to me. Right. So I resign yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and yeah. no one calls no one. And, and, and I know we hear this and I'm not trying to sound the victim cause I could pick up the phone as well, but it's just so funny yeah. to me how I served these people with my blood, sweat, and tears. I gave them my best. And mm. and to know that they're listening to a narrative that is not entirely accurate is very tough. But it's all relative, right? It's all relative. I just got off the phone with a dude that was an Adventist pastor that, that went through a divorce a few years back, and his story elements of his story make mine look like I'm, you know, mother Teresa. So I like, like it's all relative. 
Um, yeah. But it, 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 it's tough. But anyway, if that's the question of what do I think other people... And so to follow up on that... As like the next question. As the <laughs> inverse to that question, how do you see those people who see you like that? Who are still in the system, who um, haven't waded in. You know, I, I, there's an element, there's, again, this may be, this is the duality, right? There's an element that I'm envious of, of these people and I'm right. curious. Okay. I'm, I'm like, I like, I just want to, I want what they have. Why didn't I get what, what are you they missing? have? Yeah. What am yeah. I missing? So if you look at pastors in the system now who are, do, who might've been exactly you, but 10 years earlier, you, you're envious of that being like, am I, what did I miss? What, where did it? What have they got? Yeah, what, what, what what's saying? what's wrong? I mean, I hate to, but it's like, what's wrong with me? Why did what did I do right. wrong? Um, wow. But but there's also a place too where where I'm like, you know, if I'm going to be rigorously honest, there there's an element too where it just feels like it's it's their journey, but it it there there's a piece that comes up for me of of like. What is it all about? Like, what are you doing? Um, I'm envious because I want, I would love to have a consistent paycheck right now. I'd love that in my life right now. Um, or, or I would love to have a shoebox that feels like home, you know, where I had yeah. a scripture or I had a, a community, um, you certainty. know, the comfort of certainty right. in some regard. But, but I, I will be frank in saying that there's, you know, while I have the envy, there's times where I'll pop on for a second and listen to somebody talking about the gospel or, or they'll put up a Bible promise. And I'm just like, I just don't have a palate for it. I don't, I don't, I don't, mm. uh, I get it because I was there. Mm. I just don't. You see it very differently now. It's I see just it like, very oh, differently. That, that didn't work. I claim that promise too. And for mm. me, it just, it came up. Yeah. Really or, or like, yeah. I just want to yell and be like, like, like not, not out of anger, but it's like, and look, scripture is chock full of stuff. Like if you read the Psalms, you know, there's all types of crying out dark night of the soul. And, and I've thought mm -hmm. recently yeah. in the last probably 72 hours about picking up the Psalms and, maybe soaking in some of that. Um, but uh, that may be still a few more days. I don't know. I, I do like asking those questions because we, if you want to engage with us, you can send us DMs, some questions and things like that. Uh, like we really encourage, you know, follow up questions to, that people want to send in and go, how can we clarify these things? And one of the things why I ask those questions at the end is because they might listen to your journey, hear something, and then assume what you think about them. So if yeah. they're if they're in the church, you know, people listening who are loving Adventism yeah. in, oh, the, he's just angry in the and, metaphorical yeah. shoebox, as you say, yeah. like that, they might think, oh, well, he probably thinks I'm a naive idiot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's why I ask those questions to, to really just that's keep pushing that forward, being like, we don't, when you make these assumptions, like we know we it do it. It doesn't help anything. Yeah. Checking it is probably the easiest and best way to do it. So that's yeah. an attempt on a preemptive, you know, as the conversation continues, because this conversation is really kind of just a snippet of your journey yeah. and it's going to yeah. continue and we'll definitely keep in touch. Cause I like to, you know, follow these ideas and how they, how they shape people. Like yeah. what, what is the idea that, that, was what's the, the tipping outcome? point yeah. what's the ex what's yeah. the experience that led to it what's the, what's the output yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so yeah. 
Um, if you're listening to this, and it's probably very challenging for many people, if you're if you're within the system that say Matt has just left, and yeah. it's probably very challenging. You might yeah. disagree with certain things, but I hope that's not the takeaway. I hope, I hope the takeaway is Matt and his journey and yeah. and how it's worked for him because the context of every idea is different because every person is different. So, uh, Matt. Thanks for sharing yeah. your honest, open journey. Seriously appreciate it. If you it. have, uh, do you have any things that we might have missed that you want to come back to that you want to clarify anything? Uh, I, I mean, two things. One is, is just again, you you guys have really, I'm, I just keep it up, you guys. Seriously, to create this type of space <laughs> and get these the the I'm not saying myself here, but. <laughs> I, I just I think you're really on to something and and just creating this space, digging into this, using your humor, your wit. Um, I didn't know fully what to expect. And, and I'm just <laughs> you've, you've earned me as a huge fan of, of just oh, listening. New, to what new friend of the show. New friend of the show. <laughs> uh, and then the the only other thing I will keep in touch um mm, please you know and and uh did you say you're pastoring did i hear you say that you're pat yes no all right no <laughs> no, 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 no. no 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 all right that's unless, scary unless you call this podcast a pastoral <laughs> yeah. platform and, <laughs> and hey i didn't say it yeah. so just the other thing is is I'll, you know i'll keep you posted on the journey and and uh yeah um just know that that I'm I'm an open book. Love you too, Matt. Um, just an open book, and and uh, uh, certainly like if people believe in prayer, or whatever. I would love nothing more than for the lid to blow off. Like if Jesus gets a hold of me in a way that I know what a personal relationship is with Him, that would be glorious. Mm. Um, yeah, right. Uh, but Amazing. until then, I'm just putting, making my bed in the morning and putting one foot in front of the next, you know? So, and again, you guys, thank you for creating the space for this. I, I appreciate yeah. it. Well, pleasure. pleasure. We, it's, this is, we find it so interesting to talk to people like you who have gone through difficult things and are just so willing to share um, and sort of help. Yeah. A lot of people, other people. who have joined us on Instagram. Yeah. Are also sharing a similar sentiment yeah. as well. Yeah. So we, we appreciate your time and your story and, and your willingness to share it with us. So it's mm. been a really great chat. And if you're listening in the podcast version or the live version mm. and you have any questions you'd like to, you know, you'd like to ask to further understand Matt's journey, you know, put different scenarios with him, really flesh out these ideas. It's happened to a, a few different things. It'd be awesome to establish, you know, an ongoing relationship with different people mm. and bring them back and, and then further explore, you know, where they are yeah. now and which ideas have led to another. So if you have any questions, you can email us at ideasdigest yeah. at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram. Mm. You can and must rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs> five stars only. <laughs> only if it's five stars. Leave a comment of love. Yeah. Any Anything else, uh, don't bother. Although yeah. hate can sometimes be good too. Yeah. If you really hate us, yeah. you could do that too because, you know, yeah. it fuels the algorithm. Like coal in the, <laughs> coal in the furnace of fame, yeah. so to speak. Um, but no, 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 just nice things. That'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> thank you everyone for joining us. It's been a very challenging, some things to sit and digest with, I think. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us and we will catch you in the next episode. Yeah.